halfway through another month of what in my lifetime has been the craziest year I've ever lived through. I feel like at this point, the only thing left to do is to hang on to the positives, right? Like I'm living through all the people putting up their Christmas trees and their holiday decor. Why? Because it feels good. And we need that. We deserve that. Looking back over the year in the world of the flyers, we've had a lot of positives that have kept me going. Hockey indeed came back. It was in a bubble, but it was back. Our boys made it to the playoffs, battled to the bitter end of round two. But the biggest win of 2020 has to be Oscar Lindblom. As probably every single one of you listening know, he was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer back in December of 2019. And by August 2020, he was in the bubble in Toronto. And I say it like that because I am just still in shock. Obviously, a lot happened in between, and that's what we're going to get into in today's episode in just a minute. But November is Hockey Fights Cancer Month across the NHL. And during a typical season, we'd paint the arena lavender with rally towels, jerseys, and our I Fight for signs, all in support of our hockey family living with, going through, and moving past cancer. Now, this year is far from typical, so I wanted to use this show to bring awareness. And there's no one I am happier to have join me on this episode than our very own Flyers Forward, number 23, Oscar Limblom. What's up, Oscar? What's up? What's going on? Not much. And I'm enjoying a great weather here back home. What's the weather like there? It's 5.30 and it looks like this outside. Look at that black sky. Wait, where are you? You back in Sweden? Yeah, I'm back home in my, my hometown. It's called Yav, a small city. And I mean, it's uh, 5, 5.30 at night, but it's pitch black outside. So I kind of miss Philly, but it's nice to be home. Oh, I bet. Is that Alma I see in the background? Yep. Hey, girl. How are you? Oh, you're playing <laughs> so cute. Peggy, come on. Say hi. Oh, love dogs. Come, come to me. Come on. Oh, hi, cutie. <laughs> Wait, isn't Say hi. How, how old? Like a year now, no? Yeah, it's more like uh, one and a half, almost two, I think. I remember when um, the girls were babysitting him for yeah. a while. He's got, the, he's got the same energy still, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. When he was a puppy, nah. we were furniture shopping for Building Hope for Kids. And he was with us in the furniture store. Mm -hmm. Like, nuts. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> still the same. And then now he's got this, like, his hunting instinct, too. Like, when we're out in the woods, he's going nuts when he sees like a bird or something yeah or like picks up a scent right doesn't he just like mm -hmm. yeah he saw there today and he was he was screaming well that's him and he's like such a little dog but he's got mm -hmm. so much confidence yeah he's he's think it's big i don't know he's such a weirdo oh no he's cute you probably love him the cutest mm -hmm. boys your the video of like him running over to you <laughs> oh yeah when i got home yeah yeah that was, that was cute that was very cute it's been a year so can you walk yeah. us through the timeline of everything that has happened dating back to when you were first diagnosed which was what december 11th <sighs> yeah something like that i can't even remember what what date it was but like you said, almost a year ago, and it felt like it flew flew by pretty fast. But 
when I was in that uh, in that uh, chemo and all the surgeries and all that, it was felt like it was going so slow. But like I said, now it feels like it just flew by. So it's nice to be here today and, and feel feel great and enjoy life. You look like your old self, which is like so wonderful for me to see knowing you before this. So this was December 2019 when your entire world gets rocked. You're diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer. When did you start treatment? How soon after being diagnosed did you go to University of Pennsylvania and start that process? It's pretty quick on. Uh, we flew home for, for Christmas and we spent, I will say like 10 days back home and flew back and then we started the chemo uh, let's see. I can't remember if it was January first or the day before. Wow! So it was pretty, pretty quick on, and like, like I wasn't prepared or anything. I just felt like I wanna, wanna get into it right away and start, start doing the chemo as fast as possible, and and work it from there. Wow! You didn't miss a beat. And then you soon after that, I remember you being at the Wells Fargo Center when you had. Yeah. You remember that, right? Yeah. That was, was a very. Uh, Special day. It was. Back at the Wells Fargo Center, there, of course, is Oscar Limblom, just put up on the big screen here and getting a huge ovation. And this place, as loud as it will get during a TV timeout. I wasn't prepared for that at all either. Uh, just went to the game and thought it was going to be a normal game. I'm going to watch it and uh, that standing ovation. And uh, I mean, that's something you're going to remember for, for life. And I mean, just stand there and watch it from like all the people around you applaud you that's that's pretty cool feeling and like i said that's gonna be a big memory for me i think that was january 11th about and i recently re-watched a video clip of you on the board in the suite you know watching the entire twenty thousand people standing on their feet cheering for you so bring me back to that moment because in the video i can tell you're just like bewildered and then you know you're recognizing it and you're clapping along but you can just tell like it was a lot to take in all at once but what did that moment and that support mean to you I mean it was hard at the moment to like take it all in and you know I wasn't prepared for it and all of a sudden like I said everyone's just standing up and applaud you and I mean when I watch it afterwards it's more like oh wow that happened and it was it was a cool feeling and but at the moment it was hard taking I was just so overwhelmed and I mean I felt great and I give it gave me a lot of energy so I mean I can't I can't thank the, the fans enough for that. Now that was one month after being diagnosed if I have the dates correct so we're at January 11th did you see the team that day as well or when when, it, when did you see the team after being diagnosed? Uh, try to remember I think that was the first time I saw the team I think I was there for uh, the pre-game warm-up in that morning, and uh, I mean, I, I've been talking about this before, but just walking in like like a normal and and see the guys and talk to them before practice, like, gave me so much energy. And like, you think of something else than just the chemo and like how bad you feel. So, just to be around the guys just felt awesome. And how bad was it at that time? Because you had just started. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I wasn't prepared or. I didn't know how my body's gonna react after the first chemo, but the first week was tough. I was just laying in in, uh, in my couch the whole week, and now I'm on my girlfriend uh, cooked me food and all that. But after a while, you start to recognize how you're gonna feel, and 
you didn't feel better, but at least you, you knew what's, what's going to happen and uh, you got prepared for that. So every, every second week I felt good and every second week I felt bad. So I was trying to see positive side from it that I going to feel better in a week and that helped me through it. Now you mentioned having such a positive feeling seeing your teammates. And I remember hearing AV talk about how that was the same for the guys on the team, seeing you and how much love that brought them. It made a big impact on the team. Did you stay in touch with the guys regularly or what was that like during your treatment? I mean, we stayed in touch. Like we have a group chat and I, I talked to guys here and there, but it wasn't anything like everyday kind of thing, but we talked and if I felt like I need to talk to someone, I can call whoever I wanted to. Like it didn't matter just to talk to someone and have a, have a normal conversation. I mean, they've been there the whole, the whole, the whole time and they, they made me feel like I'm still in the team, even though I wasn't there. Yeah. And you received treatment in Philly the whole time, right? University of Pennsylvania, Abramson Cancer Center, correct? Yep. That's correct. And I remember seeing that video of you on July 2nd, when you finished your treatment, kind of strutting down that aisle, like if you will, the hallway with this just, you know, beaming smile, of course. And the nurse is greeting you with their shirts they had made. Mm -hmm. Bring me back to July 2nd, the day you got to ring the bell. That was actually a fun day because in that video, I felt so bad actually, because I, I just finished my chemo, the last chemo that day and the last chemo overall. But even though I felt that bad and I knew this is the last time I'm going to walk this stretch down to my room. And then I'm walking up and I, I see the bell and I see all the nurses too. And cheering on me that's awesome feeling and like I said to know this is the last time hopefully but <laughs> I'm gonna walk down this this uh, this hall that was an awesome feeling and something I can't even really explain either how I felt but it's a great feeling well we were all cheering right alongside you and that whole nursing staff when that video came out all of mm -hmm. Philadelphia and everyone that knows you and your story was definitely very happy and rooting for you right along on July 2nd yeah it was awesome yeah, that was definitely a good day. When did you then start to train? Because from July 2nd to when you joined the bubble, there's not much time in between. Yeah, uh, my plan at first was to stay in Philly, but I felt afterwards that I need to go home and see my family for a bit. So I flew home because I haven't seen my, my family in like three or four months. And I was home real quick and I try and enjoy life a little bit here. And I started working out a little bit, skating a little bit. Then I, I felt like I want to join a team in Toronto. And after that, I talked to the, to the trainers and we said, they're gonna start hitting it here and like pushing it. So then the games just went through and like see it from the stands was, was hard, you know, cause I haven't seen a lot of games and I was sitting there and I can't help them. So they may keep on playing and, uh, both Coots and, and Joel got hurt and I felt like maybe this is his time to to help the team here and, and see how I feel but I mean it was my best game but it was still the, the best game of my life. Now that was September 3rd I think game six round two against the Islanders. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was going through your head when you hit the ice for the first time since December 2019? <laughs> that was special because 
I guess, like I said earlier, when you're watching from the stance, it's not as fast as when you're sitting on the bench. So when I got down and I saw this feels like, oh, wow, this is, <laughs> this is high tempo. But then I got out to the first shift and I had a long first shift that I didn't expect to have. I just want to be in there for 30 seconds or less than I was in there for one and a half minutes. So it was a tough first shift. I think I was good too. Then I got into it right away. And after that, it was still a battle, but at least I was, I was in the game and I felt decent, but not, not great. One would assume, but nonetheless, inspirational and unbelievable to everyone to just watch your journey from December 2019 to September 3rd, 2020, watching you in the bubble. I still, I can't get over it. it must I be feel kind of the same too. Like I, I didn't expect myself to play less than a year after the, I got the, the diagnosis. So, I mean, I was probably expecting to play maybe now or <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it's an awesome and cool feeling to to be able to play at the best level, the best league in the world. And even though I wasn't in the best shape, I was able to play here. It was and nonetheless, cool. nonetheless, in a very good spot for the team, getting to round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It was the bubble, but it was still the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs wasn't our regular season game. And like game third or anything. So, I mean, I was prepared that it's going to be a fast game and a hard game, but I mean. Yeah, and it was an elimination to game to say the yeah, least. Yeah, just, just to be out there with the guys and have that playoff feeling that was uh, awesome. And just, I mean, like I said, I didn't play my best game, but even though it felt great afterwards, like just to be, to be able to play again. I'll speak for the general public. I feel like it didn't matter what you did on the ice, just getting to Toronto and then watching you step on the ice was so impactful for, like I said, everyone watching and knowing your story. So I know you say I didn't play my best game, but no one was, you know, <laughs> yeah. it was so much bigger can, than that. Yeah, if I can inspire people to, to feel better or just like look up to me and just make someone feel like they can do something even though they're in a bad spot right now. It makes, makes me happy. Well, that's a perfect segue to people that are in a bad spot and that are fighting their fight with cancer. What kind of advice, what would you say to them to try to give them that confidence that you, know, you gave all of us when you stepped on the ice? I mean, it's, it's tough. Like you're gonna be in a spot, tough spot sometimes and you're gonna feel like nothing's gonna work for you or you're gonna feel this bad forever, but I mean, for me, for me at least, I, I saw like the light in tunnel even from the start and I tried to stay positive the whole time. I, I talked to my family and I told them right away, like, we have to be positive through this. Otherwise, it's going to be so much harder. And like I was trying to get some ex uh, exercise too, like just walking outside and get some fresh air to help me too. So, I mean, that those small like stuff you can do in the, your normal life is going to help you even though we feel feel bad for that day. Yeah, no, that's good advice. And especially the support of your family and friends. Like you can't beat that energy that you get from the ones mm -hmm. who love you the most. So yeah, exactly. Just like talk to someone, it doesn't matter who it is. Like it's going to make it easier. Yeah. And as well as the entire city of Philadelphia, like, like I said, behind you every single second. And you saw that that night that you came to the arena soon after you were diagnosed, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, I've been feeling that since the start of everything. Like, the whole organization, the city, everyone has been behind me. And that, 
been pushing me through to like feel better and trying to like strive to even though I was sick I was trying to work out just like I want to be back I want to play hockey for this team so it helped me a lot. Would you find yourself maybe on days that weren't good and you weren't feeling well to kind of look at the Oscar Strong movement if you will and use that as your motivation to just get back get back kind of like looking towards the future? 100% like Every day when I felt bad, I can just go into my phone and I got DMs from like different people and like just give me nice words and even though, even though it's not big, but that, that helps a lot just to read those kind of stuff. So it didn't matter like if someone write a, a full page of, yeah. of words and or even somebody said one nice word that, 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 that helped me. So to have that from the, from the start helped. And that's so cool to hear from you because you're a big deal professional athlete and regular people would think, oh, I'm not going to DM him because I'm sure he gets a million DMs and it doesn't matter. But it's really cool to hear someone sends you a message and whatever they're mm-hmm. saying, the support feels good. That's yeah, cool. exactly. It's hard to like answer everybody, but like I try to do it as much as possible. And like I said, I can't thank, thank the Philadelphia Flyers and the city enough to for all this time that I've been going through the team and all that so I'm really happy I'll be I'm in this city and I'm I love this city so it's not nowhere else I want to be well good we're you're here for another three years so Mm -hmm. yeah we're happy to have you well Oscar thank Thank you you. so much for your time and we wish you nothing but the best of health for the future thank you and thanks for having me boom we did it so what are you and Alma doing for the rest of the night what are you guys having for dinner we're going to do some uh, shrimp taco, actually. Oh, I did not expect mm-hmm. that. That sounds delicious. <laughs> no, yeah, we're trying to, I mean, we don't have much to do nowadays, so we're just trying to Cook. make some good dinners. Yeah. Yum. All right, well, go maybe put on some friends, shrimp and taco it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I will. Uh, definitely tell Alma to say hi and have a good night. I will. Stay healthy. The same. And thank you, Oscar. And thanks again for doing this, and we'll talk soon. Of course. Have a good one. Good night. Bye. Right after this, I saw those shrimp tacos on their Instagram stories and they looked bomb. Oscar and Alma are doing it right over there in Sweden. I'm just so happy to see Oscar smiling and that he's healthy. Like it is just such a blessing. Also, Oscar reads your DMs. I love that so much. And now that we know Oscar reads your messages, take a moment to leave a review on this podcast because we know he's going to be reading it. Tell us what your favorite part of this episode was. And if someone you know and love is fighting cancer right now, tell us who you fight for. Let's just make sure we continue to support and spread love to those around us and share this episode with someone that needs it. And I am very excited to let you know we have a fresh EBH episode coming at you very soon featuring the highly requested Ryan Drew. And I say that and I mean it, you guys. My DMs were full of messages asking for Ryan to come on the show and questions. So because you had so many questions, I asked her everything you asked me to ask her. So you guys basically interviewed her. We get into her and Claude's relationship, hockey life, her favorites in Philly, all things Gavin, obviously, home decor, Christmas decor, I can keep going. I know this isn't the intro for the episode, but I'm really excited about it and I know you're going to love it. So if you're not already, make sure you're subscribed to Everything But Hockey so you don't miss the notification the second Ryan Giroux's episode drops. Guys, 
it's almost Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I know this is a weird year, so whether you get to be with your family in person or via Zoom, eat lots of turkey, and by the time you've digested your dinner, I'll be back here with Ryan Giroux. Until then, stay healthy, guys.